I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. This episode we welcome to the show a longtime Hungarian national team member, a UConn star drafted 16th overall to the Minnesota Lynx and has made her impression on the league felt immediately. Today, our guest is Dorka Uwas. show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider that's patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com if you're looking for a fun way to enjoy the w join our team over on playback for our w watch parties use the link playback.tv backslash windsider that's playback.tv backslash windsider and you never know when we're going to do a merch giveaway welcome back to the windsider show we're very excited to dive right in with our next guest dorka Uhas, a rookie that is making waves in the w dorka how are you doing i'm doing good thank you i'm just living the life you know living out my dreams being able to obviously play in the league um, and as a rookie getting the opportunity to you know compete against the best of best i mean it's it's been an amazing learning uh learning process for me and you know just getting the opportunity obviously is just kind of the cherry on top and uh you know i've been i've been having fun obviously you know we just won our first home game the other night so that was a lot of fun and i'm looking forward to win more games i i was going to ask you you know how's your first weeks in the w but i feel like the more pressing question is like how's being a starter in the WNBA, like, has that sunk in? Is it just kind of like, uh, like, how do you feel when you hear like you're a starter in the WNBA? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I ever like kind of took a moment to like kind of reflect and realize. And I was like, okay, like first time I heard, you know, coach say that, Hey, like actually Dorca is in the starting lineup. I was like, okay, like, you know, like let's do it. Like it's a challenge, but I, I don't think I necessarily put much thought in it like especially these past games it's just kind of like naturally I was like okay I'm I want to win so I don't care if I come off the bench or or you know being a starter but I want to have an impact you know and you know as a rookie obviously like setting goals for yourself it's you can't go like too big with like you know setting huge uh unreachable goals but for me it's always been just you know, obviously being grateful for the opportunity and taking advantage of it, especially, you know, just bringing something, you know, defensively and offensively if I can. But, you know, yeah, I, I think, you know, in the when I have some off time, it's, it's definitely good to like think about it. I was like how far I've come and, you know, just being able to obviously play with the best of best and against the best of best in this league. It's just been, you know, it's just been a blessing and I've been having so much fun. Not many people have been screaming about you as much as Rachel has over the past <laughs> month, two months, three months. She has been like blowing my phone up, telling me to follow you in college. I'm 
not as well versed in the college game as I should be. And Rachel is working every day to change that. Um, so I know she's really excited for this episode. I too am. But you guys kind of have some history. You go way back. She's been watching you since forever. But before we get into all that, I'm so curious for you. Like, what was draft night like? Did you maybe speak to some UConn alumni about like what the experience is going to be like? What was your expectations? How was that night? Oh, I mean, it was awesome. It was definitely a night that I will never, ever forget. You know, just kind of always think back when, you know, I decided to come to the U.S. and like, you know, just playing college away from my family. And then, you know, as I started working, I was I was getting a little bit hungry for, you know, I want to be in the draft. I want to get drafted, you know, especially as a as a kid from a small country like Hungary, like that meant so much for me to be there because I felt like that moment, obviously, personally, is a huge accomplishment and milestone in my life. And, you know, it reflects on all the work and that I put in, you know, overcoming injuries and a lot of other uh, other things, but also just, I don't know, just kind of repre- representing my country. So it was super special. Um, you know, I, I remember like obviously going into it, just super, being super nervous, um, we were actually at a team dinner um, with UConn, kind of like our closing team dinner. And, you know, I just got a text and I was like, oh, you're invited. And I was like, oh, my God, like, you know, just trying to kind of hide my feelings a little bit. Like, I, don't, I didn't want to make like a huge announcement or anything. But I remember, obviously, uh, my teammate Lou Lopez-Senechal, like she got the text, too. So we were like just super excited. I was like, as both like people from different countries like fifth year students at UConn like it was just it was just such a blessing and just remembering obviously telling the team like all the UConn alums obviously saying that congrats and how amazing that is but I didn't know what to expect but it it turned out to be one of the best nights of my life a huge a huge milestone I, I feel like in my career and you know it's that was kind of the moment when I was like okay all the hard work all the injuries, the surgeries that I, I went through, like it, it's, it was all worth it because I am here and this, this was a dream come true. So it was, it was awesome. I'll never forget it. You know, obviously let, let's go back to the start. Um, I, I, there's so much to talk about. There's so much to unpack. Um, I'm, I'm definitely in a unique perspective for those of you who don't know, I, um, I work with a lot of international players and I help them get recruited to come play in the States and play collegiately. So I've had an opportunity to watch you Dorka. I mean, you remember it was, I think it was like 2015 when you were playing Mm -hmm. in under 16 and um, you know, getting a chance to watch you from that moment to where you are now. And even coming on my show, our show is, is so cool. It's, it's a really cool for full circle moment. I've really enjoyed watching your career. As Aria said, I have been screaming to anybody who will listen that you were going to be the steal of the draft. Um, but I want to say, uh, by the way, I even took a, a trip to your hometown, Paige. I knew I couldn't recruit you. I was recruiting one of your teammates, but um, it, it's cool. And so I want to be able to bring some of that into this, this, this interview and, and allow you to share your story for, for everybody who doesn't quite know this side of it. Um, so I want you to take us back to the start. There's a lot to talk about. Um, I would I would ask you how you fell in love with the game, but I think it's pretty obvious, at least to those who do know. Uh, your mother was a big, big, big time pro for like 25 years. Um, so growing up, you must have had a basketball in your hands literally since birth. So why don't you take us back to the very, very beginning and how 
you fell in love with the game and, and what that was like growing up with your mother. Yeah, I mean, it, you're totally right about that. You know, I felt like I, I was kind of born to be a basketball player. I remember just, you know, kind of like being a little kid, always having a ball in my hand. But, you know, what what was special about it that, like, I felt like obviously my dad played basketball too, which is kind of a cute story because that's how they got together as my parents. Uh, my My mom was playing professionally and my dad was playing on, like, kind of like a, Hungarian like college team and they were playing you know always like these practice games against each other and they were guarding each other so it was like a very cool story uh, obviously my dad became a doctor chose to become a doctor and you know my mom kept playing but you know I felt like I was always kind of surrounded by basketball lovers and just growing up I remember like obviously I wasn't able to see my mom play in person but I was always asking my parents like hey can you can you like get that DVD and like, can we watch my mom's game? So I would watch, I would rewatch my mom's games, like her championship games, uh, games that she lost just to like see her on TV uh, and kind of relieve those moments. But also I think she did a great job of like not pressuring me in any, any type of way. Like she wasn't like, okay, well I was a basketball player. You have to be one. She was letting me um, try out sports. I was, competitively swimming I was pretty good at it but I just felt like I was kind of like looking forward to be in a team and I knew it was it's gonna be basketball I tried volleyball too that was fun too but I just felt like basketball is my sport I you know and and it wasn't even necessary that I was already like taller than people and you know people are telling me to play basketball I was still kind of a late bloomer so I wasn't very tall for a long time uh, but I started playing basketball and I remember just like completely falling in love with it. I, I wanted to be like my mom. I wanted to, I wanted to be like her in every single way. I wanted to be a champion. I wanted to play for my national team because she did for over a hundred times. She wore the national team jersey. So like I was super motivated internally um, to be like her. And also just because I was so passionate about basketball, I, I always loved the ball. I always spent so much time as a kid in the gym, just asked to, as my parents to come rebound for me. So that's kind of how it started. But definitely, you know, having my mom as a role model was a huge influence for me, even though she obviously didn't want me to be like pressure. But I felt like it just, it was coming from me, like something internally. I don't know. I just felt like I was just so like logged into that thought of like, I want to be like, her when I grew up and she's still my role model to this day so uh, I'm just very grateful to you know have such a role model in my life that is the most heartwarming story I think I've ever heard I love like (laughs) that's just sorry you've you've (laughs) completely distracted us um maybe this is a mood point but do you wear her number yes so it's actually a funny story because when I was playing you know, growing up, I always wore number four. And number four was her her jersey number in her professional teams and all of that. And then when I got to the national team, I was starting wearing number 14 because she was wearing number 14 in national team. And I, I don't know, I just I just kind of stayed with number 14. I, you know, I, I was also like, in Europe, you have to be like kind of like the, the first person runs in first in introduction. So that was number four. So I was like... I'm six five. Like I don't want to wear number four and like just kind of be the tallest person in the first of the line. So 
I don't know. I just kind of fell in love with 14, but she wore both of those jersey numbers, actually. So um, it's obviously, it means a lot to me to wear number 14 and, you know, just being drafted and, like, obviously the Lynx did not have a number 14. I was like, yeah, like, this is just meant to be. And I was just so happy to obviously keep kind of bringing her memory, like, of her as a player and kind of just always making her proud, hopefully, you know. Uh, but, yeah. Hey, look, the Lynx have a history of retiring jerseys that go in order. Um, and Lindsay Whalen's 13, so it's just a matter of time until you make that number 14. Uh, <laughs> the next one in the rafters. Um, I think I heard that your mother played an exhibition game against UConn, the school you end up going to. Is that true? Yes, it is. Isn't it kind of insane? But um, yeah, That's so I, I I already thought about like whenever I was at Ohio, Ohio State, just kind of, you know, thought about like how it used to be a thing for like international professional teams to come to the U.S., like go around the country and play like kind of like the exhibition games against college teams and and I was at UConn and I was like, hmm. And like, they were telling me, like, I actually had, you know, like my assistant coach, like, you know, like Jamal, like she was actually on the team playing against my mom back in, I think, 93, maybe 1993. Um, so it was like, what a small word. Like, how is this even possible? But I could go back to being at Ohio State first, you know, first time I met, you know, uh, Coach Katie Smith and she played against my mom and I was like, everybody played against my mom. Like what a small world. So it's like, wow. everything is so connected. You know, it's just like, I feel like it's like a, it was a full circle moment. And obviously, you know, just being coached by her now, but you know, it, it's, it's awesome. I mean, yeah. Like who would have thought, you know, a small Hungarian team coming here playing against the team that I was playing in at UConn. Like, you know, it's just awesome. It's great. The, the world is so much smaller when you when you re, like when you really stop and think about it, especially when you're talking about the world of basketball, um, which brings me mm-hmm. which brings me to a really good point. This is a really good segue. Um, you were really highly recruited because of your your time with the national team. Ended up going to Ohio State for a few years, then eventually transferred to UConn. Um, I want to ask, you know, that decision to come play in the USA and go to college versus stay in Hungary and go pro at an earlier age. I would say, I mean, I, I see both. I see players who do both over in Europe and Hungary in particular is a country that to me feels like, yeah, you do have some Hungarian players that come over, but there's a lot that go pro right away, right out of basically high school. Um, I wanted to ask just about that decision process for you. What were the benefits that you saw from coming over here and getting a scholarship and playing in the collegiate system? Was that always the plan for you? Um, Actually, it wasn't. Um, Yeah, you kind of mentioned, like, I felt like, especially, you know, during my time when I, I decided, like, it wasn't very popular as international students to come here. You know, I had a lot of people around me telling me like, Hey, like if you go to the United States, like people are going to forget about you. You're never going to be anyone. I just felt like there was always this kind of nervousness and like, kind of like the uncertainty of like players, like young talented players going to the States. Like since there's so many, you know, teams that you can choose from, like you want to make sure that, you know, you're ending up at a team, that is the right for you. And I think there was a lot of people around me telling me like, Hey, don't do it. Um, you know, you never know some people like, you know, come here and then they just like 
stop playing basketball, just settle down here. So there was like a lot of negativity. I felt like around that time, uh, towards like kind of coming to the U.S. and going to college. And, you know, I was I was a little nervous, but I felt like that year before I made my decision, I was obviously playing in the professional team. Um, I was starting already. I was 17. I was starting on the team. I played in Euro Cup. Um, and that summer I did U19 World Championship and I did also U18 European Championship. So I felt like the whole year around, I had basically no break. I was just going. I was just making a lot of minutes. And unfortunately, at the European Championship, I tore my ACL in the first 20 seconds of, I think it was the quarterfinals. Um, and that was my first ever serious injury. I didn't even roll my ankle, nothing. So that was the time for me when I was like, wow, like, you know, I was just scared of the process of like, you know, the ACL surgery, the recovery time. It's a year long. Like, it was just a lot of things going through my head. And I felt like I always wanted to get my education. So that was especially having a father who was a doctor, you know, he was always just recommending, you know, just as a female athlete, you know, obviously my future wasn't going to be promised to be making millions of euros or dollars or whatever currency we're talking about, but just to have a, an act, a plan B, I guess. So whenever I saw my ACL, that's when I kind of started looking into more of like, okay, maybe I could try to go to the United States because I do want to get my education. I want to get degrees. I want to also continue to play basketball and maybe learn a different type of basketball. Um, so that was the first time that I, I kind of started engaging with, you know, coaches. I saw always, you know, they got, they messaged me, they emailed me and I was like, America, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous about it. And, you know, I lived with my parents the whole 17, 18 years. So I was like moving to another continent is just scary. Um, so when I saw my ACL, that was the first time I was like, okay, I think I want to do it. I think I want to just have another option because at that time it was also kind of thought of like, Hey, if you're playing professionally, you don't really have time to do school. Um, some teams you have practices two, three times a day. Like you don't have time, like in the morning and the afternoon, you don't have time to go to college you know, get your education. So I was like, okay, let's do it. So I started engaging with coaches. And the fun fact about Ohio State was that I already talked to them a little bit before, but they were the first, the first ones to call me after my ACL like, injury that they saw. They called me. I was like, hey, like we still want you. Like your scholarship is there's on the table, and we're not gonna pull it because you got hurt, and we want you to come here. So for me, that was the moment I was like, okay, I want to go there. You know, I had that uh, that trust. And kind of after that, you know, I, I came to visit, but I kind of knew that I'm going to go to Ohio State. I fell in love, obviously, with the visit and everything. And, and just put myself out there and out, coming out of my comfort zone and and look at me now. So it was, it was a lot of decision-making processes that were hard, but worked out well and I'm I'm really really happy I made that decision even though it was scary at that time. So you you mentioned it um just now about maybe I can learn a different style of play, maybe I can add certain things. Um we talk about American basketball versus European style of play, that's a very trendy thing to talk about. Um I do want to ask, I mean you you came over, played for Kevin McGuff, played for Gina Oriyama. Um 
you know, your, your career had a phenomenal collegiate career, but from your perspective, how did you personally see yourself evolve after coming to America and playing in this system? Mm -hmm. You know, I think it was definitely kind of challenging, especially, you know, missing a whole year um, of basketball the previous year before I came to college and, you know, coming into Ohio State where I was kind of thrown into deep water. You know, that was after the year, you know, Kelsey Mitchell's group um, graduated. So there was a lot of opportunity to play, which I think, honestly, that was the best decision for me because, you know, after missing a year of basketball, like you want to be able to play right away. You want to be able to, you know, kind of work through mistakes and kind of do all of that. So, you know, going to Ohio State, that was, I think, awesome for me to be able to kind of fight for a spot, fight for a starting spot, you know, start the whole time and and be able to, as a freshman, work through stuff and kind of just figure out things. Um, so it was definitely great, but I felt like a little bit challenging just because, you know, obviously coming back from an ACL is not easy, you know, with all the contact and, and being a post player, just always kind of pushing around, you know, jumping a lot, rebounding. And it was definitely scary, but I felt like, that those three years was great for me to kind of evolve every single year and learning a little bit more about, you know, the American style basketball, you know, the pace in college, the physicality, you know, going against super athletic players, you know, uh, there was just a lot of learning in that, but also a lot of being able to make some mistakes and work through it. That was awesome. I think. And I just felt like those three years were great for me to kind of, personally, you know, just get better in basketball, kind of get back to where I was, but also learn new stuff and, and, you know, kind of get a name for myself, um, to be honest, just put myself like, you know, just being able to obviously kind of put myself on the map in, you know, at the college level in general, so people know about me um, and maybe get recognized a little bit more, you know, because I felt like, you know, as an international student, like, you know, we didn't have overtime. We didn't have all of these, you know, social media platforms to kind of get a name for ourselves already in high school. So I came in here, like, you know, most of the people had no idea who I was. So I think those three years were great for me to kind of maybe get a little bit of name on myself. And, you know, I think it was a lot of growth, a lot of things, but, you know, I graduated early and I felt like I just kind of, I'm ready to take the next step and, you know, UConn was, UConn was there for me, you know, uh, and that was just a huge thing for me, you know, being able to go to UConn um, and play for, obviously, Coach Ariyama, that was just such a blessing, and that was a whole new world and a whole new different system in uh, basketball, and it was fun. I think it was a, it was a fun experience. The past five years were just a lot of figuring out a lot of stuff and learning about myself, learning about, you know, the culture, uh, not just basketball, but even off the court, you know, growing, being independent. So it was fun. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, you know, obviously has to play for two different coaches, two different systems, because that just gives a little bit more experience when it comes to, you know, playing professionally and go play in different teams. So it was all, it was all, you know, all worked out. Absolutely. And what amazes me um, about you, and again, we, t we, we make jokes about me sitting here and like being a fan and, and screaming about you and stuff like that. But part of that is genuinely because I have had a really unique perspective of that. 
And what's always amazed me about your career is the steadiness that you've played with. Um, you've stayed very consistent, you know, with your ability to rebound and score, but also with just your overall, I think, basketball IQ and the way you view the game. I think it's extremely, and I say that with the point of a lot of people don't realize that really since you were like 13 or 14 years old, you have played at the highest level of basketball on the biggest stages against pros like your entire life. So it, it only makes sense, especially after making the transition to come over here and play in college. And now you being able to make this jump to the WNBA, you know, being able to be who you are with your overall um, experience playing against just high level competition your whole life. Can, you know, can you talk about that and how that exposure and just experience playing against the highest levels from such a young age formed you? Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Um, I mean, yeah, as you said, just, I felt like, you know, in Europe, it's kind of different than here. Um, whenever you're ready to play in the pro league and your team or like your hometown has a professional team, you know, if you're good enough, you're going to be able to practice with them and, and play with them. So I think it was great for me to be able to be in a hometown, you know, where there was not only a really good Hungarian team that was competing obviously uh, highly in the Hungarian league, but also in the Euro Cup. So it's actually funny because I, now that like, you know, especially before the draft, I was kind of like asked a lot of questions about this. And, you know, I had some pictures and I was looking kind of digging to, into like teams and pictures of who I played against. So, you know, you know, I played against Chelsea Gray. Uh, I played against, you know, and Boulders and just a lot of, you know, WNBA players that at that time I had no idea about, you know, I was so overly focused about, you know, like EuroLeague, like European players that like, and not necessarily was able to watch enough WNBA games. But I was like, now that I'm recycling, I was like, there's a per- like a picture of me guarding Chelsea Gray when I was 16 or 17. And I think that is just so crazy, like looking back, you it's know, so like cool. I was really tested. I was really tested already and uh, at that age. And I think that just definitely gave me a lot of experience, you know, especially coming to college and, and just being in different teams. And I, I already, I felt like I was sometimes a little bit ahead of the game, especially, you know, just um, in playing wise um, than, you know, some of my teammates sometimes. And I think it's just awesome that like European players have that like extra experience that they can bring because, you know, we're going to come, we're, we came here, you know, to the United States and it's a whole new da- basketball system, but we also know a different si- style of basketball. And I think when you mix it together, I think that's, that's the best part of basketball, you know, uh, but just having that experience was great for me personally. I learned a lot. I played against amazing players already in Europe, but also I had really great uh, mature teammates that were were kind of just like, you know, mother figures to me at that point uh and you know I've learned a lot and I think that that just helped me to be able to come to a different country and maybe bring that a little bit with me that maturity of and I guess as you said steadiness uh, in college and and it, it was overall like an amazing experience and I think you know maybe maybe it's just a different different thing for European players and uh, but yeah, it, it was all great. And I'm just very grateful I had that opportunity. And I was not scared to bring that with me to the States. 
Well, we're definitely going to need to see that photo. Um, <laughs> but uh, me personally, I'm from Minnesota. So I ha I always keep an extra close eye on the Minnesota Lynx, even though I don't live there anymore. And I've been blown away by your game and your ability to elevate the players around you, you know, and not just, okay, I know I have to feed the hot hand, but just making the smart plays that like your, your basketball intelligence is years beyond your age, but everybody has to grow. And I'm so curious, like, what is the coaching staff hammering home for you of a point of growth? Yeah, um, I would just say kind of like, you know, obviously as a rookie, sometimes I, I can be a little bit hesitant of like, you know, I know what's the right thing, but I'm like, should I do this? Should I not? So I think, you know, obviously talking to the coaches a lot, just kind of, you know, not being, not overthinking stuff, just kind of like go with it, you know, have the instincts to do it. Um, but kind of just go with it. Like, hey, you're open, you shoot it. And, you know, I think they put a lot of trust in me with, like, obviously decision-making. And I'm just looking back at the, you know, links, like having Jessica Shepard with me, who is also a very versatile post that can post, like, seeing that, like, obviously Coach Reeve is trusting the post players to have the ball in their hands and, you know, making, as you said, decisions, passes, um, just kind of reading the game. I, I feel like, you know, uh, they're kind of just, telling me more to do that just don't kind of overthink where I am and just trying to get out of the play just to give them space but more like use those abilities like if you think that's a if you think that's a, that's a great way to go there set a screen or just pitch it or pass or something then do it like just kind of play with the instinct stop overthinking as much and you know obviously as a rookie being in a league sometimes you know a little bit I'm a little bit hesitant of like okay like I don't want to make a mistake right here but kind of they're just always I guess supporting me and telling me to like it's okay like play freely like we know what you can do uh and just don't be so hesitant about it so that's definitely something that I always you know just um get from the coaches kind of like be comfortable with it and I think you know I I definitely can see much growth especially the past games and just being playing more freely I guess but um yeah other than that just kind of still trying to figure out um spots on the floor obviously in the w where i can be offensively much better you know obviously as a post player it's definitely more physical in there i can tell you that you know i'm going against great strong post players that are you know so dominant in there so you know i, I have to find kind of the spots where i want to be where i can be where i like to shoot the ball from so that's still something i feel like i need to grow and then we're still trying to figure out obviously as a team and the coaches um but i would say the most the biggest thing is just you know just don't think that much you know i guess it's, it's easy to say but you know as i feel like as a first year rookie you sometimes get yourself into like kind of overthinking a little bit of what you should do and i feel like whenever i i play with just my instincts and i'm just playing that's that's when i play the best so i think that's definitely like the biggest I guess uh tip or help that they're giving me advice that they're giving me I love that um and we only have a few more questions for you but I'm curious for you like how you view the game differently coming off the bench or as a starter um yeah I would say it's it's definitely different um uh, I was obviously um in both in both scenarios I guess both positions in college you know I was at Ohio State I started basically all three of my years um, from a freshman. So I was always, you know, starting. So I got very comfortable with that. And then 
obviously when I transferred to UConn, um, you know, I knew nothing is going to be guaranteed. I knew uh, I'm likely to not be a starter, especially, you know, with having being just, you know, seniors in front of me. Um, I, I knew, like, I have to learn this role. You know, I have to be able to come off the bench and, uh, you know, bring some spark. And I think that was probably the best thing that happened to me um, because, you know, it was tough. It was challenging. It was definitely something new that I had to embrace. But I honestly enjoyed it. I, you know, I, 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 I never cared whether I'm a starter or not. But that was good for me to be able to obviously, you know, being at UConn where there's so many great players around me. But how can I bring something different? How can I have that mindset of like, okay, I want to have a, an impact, a different impact than anybody else or just kind of, I don't know, have the extra gear and turn it up whenever I come in, when the starters come off. So I think that was, that was great for me and definitely helped, you know, coming into the W just, you know, like obviously I was expecting right away to that come off the bench and just be able to just have an impact. And obviously my first focus is always defense. But then, you know, if, if I have the opportunity, you know, just take advantage of the offensive end as well. So, you know, being a starter right now, I mean, obviously that is something I I don't take for granted. Um, it's definitely something that is, is awesome. And I'm, I'm glad that they trust me enough for me to start a game. Uh, that means a lot. But honestly, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. I just want to make sure whenever I'm on the court and I, these are the goals for me every single game, you know, just being able to impact the game defensively and offensively as well. And, you know, when I'm, I'm talking about offense, you know, not necessarily always scoring because I know, you know, we have so many other scorers, but how can I, how can I set my shooter up? How can I set a screen for her to get open? How can I get an offensive rebound? How can, you know, give a pass for a backdoor layup, you know, just, Things like that, that, you know, those little things, I feel like the little details is what I take a lot of pride in, the extra little things that maybe, you know, little hustle plays that I can do for this team. So that's definitely always the high up on the list. And if there's, you know, scoring involved and open shots that, you know, I know they're, I'm comfortable taking, I'm going to be taking. But, you know, I no matter what, whether I'm coming off the bench, or I'm a starter, those are always, especially as a rookie, like those are always high on my list. And I just want to make a difference, you know, and that's always what I work for. What a great attitude to have. That's awesome. Um, let's, let's talk about the future. I mean, you've spent the last five years here in the United States. Obviously, you're still in the United States. Now that you're pro, I mean, are you excited for the opportunity to potentially go back to Europe during the WNBA off season? I mean, like what, what are your, what are your future plans looking like here? Yes. Um, I actually signed, just signed, uh, with Skio in Italy. So I'm super excited to go back for off season. I always, I always imagine myself obviously playing in Europe as well and at the top, which is EuroLeague. So being able to go to a team like Skio, who was obviously a bronze medalist, EuroLeague last season and now as a rookie year in Europe back again I guess uh, that's awesome and I'm super excited about it because uh, you know as a European you always I feel like you miss the European basketball as well and I haven't been in it for so long except for you know obviously national team camps but 
it, it's going to be also a, a new thing for me. And I'm just so glad to have an opportunity to obviously go to Skio, which is a very, very good team, great coaches, great teammates, uh, and play at the highest level there too. So, you know, as a basketball player, it's always for me. And as a competitor, I love winning. I, I really love winning, but also I, I want to be challenged. And I think, you know, obviously coming to the WNBA um, is also very challenging, but playing in Europe at the at the best league is also going to be a challenge for me. So this, this is all worked out great, and I'm just super excited about the future. Very excited, and we always like to end our episodes with a little rapid fire, but take all the time you need. You know, there's no pressure to answer within two seconds or anything like that. Um, are you ready? Okay. Would you rather get a steal or a block? A block. Who is the toughest player you have ever had to go up against in your entire career? Ooh, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like I'm being challenged every single game. Obviously, you know, when you have to guard Ellen Baldon and then you have Neko Bumake, like <laughs> it's not getting easier. Um also Brittany Griner, you know, it's just so many different players. I think I don't know if I can say one. I feel like it's it's obviously the post player, it's it's different type of players, but uh yeah, I don't know. I, I can't answer that. I okay, you, named, you named a few and, and those that's worthy. I'm over here laughing. I'm like, man, it's been a Okay, perfect. I'm it's been, it's been a welcome. You know, it's different challenges every single night, but that's the fun and you know, especially like players that you look up to as a post player when you know you're at home watching tv as a kid and then you're actually playing you're against them, them. <laughs> um, it's fun it's fun all right fine how about this one um who is your favorite team i mean let, let's go euroleague who is your fam- favorite euroleague team growing up um i would say probably center Bakke. okay they got some dope jerseys uh yeah they do yeah, they're they're a team I'm I'm a I'm a fan of over there too. Uh who is your women's basketball goat? My winning what is this? Your, sorry, your women's basketball goat. I normally we say WNBA goat, but because you have an extensive history overseas, wanted to oh. open it up to to EuroLeague or Euro Cup or anything like that also. Ooh, um I mean definitely I would say my mom, number one, because she's always gonna go. be my number one role model. Um, but who that's, I mean, Diana Taurasi, uh, I can also name a few, but I mean, Maya Moore, I uh, just growing up, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I can, I can go for a lot of people, but I think Diana Taurasi was somebody that I just, even being in Europe when she played in Russia, you know, just growing up, I was like, wow, like she's really, really good at basketball. And, you know, it happened to be obviously a Yukon alum and just, Playing against her, like I think she was obviously the I would say the number one, like after my mom, that I was like, wow, like she's really, really good in basketball. I want to be like her. All right, that's a safe one. You pass. Final one we got for you for with rapid fire. There's 10 seconds left on the clock. You're down two. Do you go for the win with a three or do you tie? Ooh, <laughs> um, I would say I would say I would probably like ask for it in the post, but I don't know. I don't know why, but I just feel like I would also just shoot the three. But um, I would probably ask for somewhere in the post and just go to work and 
get fouled or get an one or yeah, let's go or or just keep doing it in overtime and just keep going to work. I like that answer. I like that. Yeah. I like call them out and then keep going. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Okay. Last question. It's not rapid fire. Um, I always like to ask these questions, especially with someone like you with such a interesting background. What advice would you give to any little young girl over there in Europe who has dreams and aspirations of playing college basketball or just playing at the highest professional levels? I would just say to don't be afraid to, I guess, dream big, you know, um, being in that situation or like, I guess, you know, growing up, I, I always had this wild dream of being, being in the WNBA and play for any, honestly, any team in the WNBA. I always had that like back of my mind, but, I wasn't quite sure how I can reach it. It was definitely an uncertain thing, but I never let go of that dream. I always had that. I always felt like I can do it. I I wasn't sure how I'm going to do it, but I felt like, you know, like dreaming big was something for me that just kept me in it. You know, I obviously had many injuries. I had ACL. I broke my wrist. I had so many injuries that were just super tough, like mentally and physically. And But I, I felt like I always had that dream or those dreams, big dreams that I had for myself back in my mind. So, you know, especially, you know, a person or like a kid in Europe that is just like, hey, I want to play in the WNBA. You know, it might look different than my journey. My journey was to come to the United States, obviously the college, and kind of work my way up there um, and find my way into the W, you know, no matter what, if you get drafted or not getting drafted. But that was my journey. I just... I just want people to know that that's not the only way, especially in Europe. Like that's not the only way to be recognized. Just keep, keep working hard. Um, your journey might look different than mine, but hopefully, obviously my example and kind of my journey and route is an example that it can happen. I mean, it does take a lot of work, um, you know, a lot of long nights and coming into the gym, shooting, you know, a lot of injuries that you have to overcome mentally and physically, but you know, just don't be afraid to dream hard and dream big and dream hard because, you know, there's always an opportunity. And when that opportunity comes, you got to stay ready because when it comes, like, you got to take advantage of it. And but just keep working hard and keep dreaming and, you know, always ask people around you, like, what are the, I guess, opportunities? Or if you want to come to the States, like, there's always people that you can contact or even contact me, just DM me and I can tell us tell those kids my story and how it can happen, but just keep dreaming hard and keep working. Dorka, you are a phenomenal person. It has been a pleasure to watch you for so many years. I feel very lucky and I look forward to watching you for many, many, many more. Um, Thank you for coming on and sharing your story. We wanted to um, get that out from a different angle and, and we appreciate your time coming on. Best of luck the rest of the season. We look forward to, to following along. And hopefully we can have you back on at some point. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too.